There are some difficult words in uh, our scriptures today, and um, I just want to lay a, a solid foundation in my prayer. This is from Thessalonians. Let's bow our heads, please. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, to died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen. God has destined us not for wrath, but to obtain salvation. So what in the world? <laughs> um, this time of year in our particular tradition, uh, we're cycling back to the beginning of our liturgical year we call Advent. And the scriptures um, that are chosen for these Sundays are all about readiness, preparation, um, stewardship of life is another kind of a concept of this. Um, we all know that, do we not? Do we all know that the things that are valuable in our life we have to be ready for and we have to prepare for? How many of us have been a part of an untimely death or an untimely loss? And um, I just vividly remember a gift made to this church. It was one of three, and um, then the market crashed, and they weren't prepared. And um, that's just a very shallow example because it's also digs deep into some of our own lives. And um, this week, uh, Ruth and I were invited to go spend a night with some dear friends we have lots to do at the house. There was so much work to do, and it was like friends, work at the house. We left the work and went with our friends. Um, what if something happened? And that was our that was our conversation. We've lost some friends here recently, and it's just like, what's the most important? Um, this parable of the talents, just like the one last week, talks about readiness. In particular today, I think it's about faithful stewardship, which comes out of readiness. So when you're ready, you're faithfully steward the things in your life, right? Um, but most, like most parables, there are some very difficult texts. And this one, the ending, for example, the casting out of the worthless servant seems so not like my understanding of God's grace and mercy. And his perfect patience with me in the midst of my poor stewardship or my lack of patience, um, the mishandling of our life. Now, I'm not going to try to justify Jesus's words here, but um, let me just offer you this prayer that um, has been really part of my own journey for a long time. I, uh, um, being in this tradition, I, I love the prayers in our prayer book. Um, this is on page 681, if any of you ever want to look it up in one of our prayer books. Um, it's also in the 79 prayer book. It's a thanksgiving. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, just a couple of points just to make a, a point here. Um, it starts with, accept, O Lord, our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world for the wonder of life and for the mystery of love. And then further down it says, we thank you for setting us at tasks that demand our best efforts 
and for leading us to accomplishments that satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Um, there is, I think everyone could, even our students, when you just really work hard and it just shows up good, it's just delightful, isn't it? When you do something, when you learn something and you work it out, or if you're in a relationship and you work hard and that relationship just gets better, it rec it's reconciled, God delights in that, that hard, intentional, faithful stewardship of that which we have. But I also believe that when we fail, uh, it's an opportunity for God to just kind of reorient us to what's really important and what's really true. When I make a mistake and fail, oftentimes I just didn't quite listen well enough or I, I jumped, got a little bit ahead of the spirit. I wasn't patient. Not all the time. Sometimes we do the best we can and it just fails. And I believe our perfectly patient, faithful, merciful God writes our attitudes and gets us back on the right track. Amen? So placing that within the context of this worthless servant who wasn't a good steward, who got cast out into the outer darkness, what's going on? So let me just say this again. Failure can produce a shifting back um, to what's true. I believe hardship can do that. I believe struggles can do that. Chronic pain can do that. And it oftentimes resets our mindset. Amen? Um, so is the word for us today, um, Sunday before next week, is Christ the King, then Advent, is it simply to work hard, to invest wisely, be ready to give an account of your life in the end? Um, there are times we know this in our journey as children. Um, that's a good word. Work hard, be, be ready, be faithful. Um, I also think there's a time in our adult life when it's a good word, just stay the course. You know, long obedience, the same direction, just good, faithful work. Yet, as I read the parable this week, I feel there's, there's something else, at least for me. Um, and so I came across this um, reading and jokingly, and not really jokingly, truthfully, I can't remember where I found it. I think I might have found it in a commentary somewhere, or I might have gone online and typed in, you know, parable of the talents, you know. And, um, but hear this, and this changed a lot for me. After reading the parable, um, let, me, let me back up. Did y'all all hear the parable? It, there are three people, okay? One got five talents, one got two, one got one. A talent is not a gift set in the sense of skills. It wasn't like one had better skills, although it does set each according to their ability. A talent is a measure, a weight measure. And so the one talent was a, was a lot, if you will. Um, the two and the five were a lot. Um, and so the two, first two guys, they went out, or women, could have been women, ran out and invested it excitingly and made more talents. 
And the second one didn't. The second one hid out of fear, it said. So let me go back. After reading the parable, the careful listener could ask whether the original grant of money was entrusted to the servants to manage and then later return, or were they given to them as their own? All right. Um, because if you remember the story, the one who had the one talent that buried it and didn't multiply it, take that talent and give it to this one over here. And so if that's the case, listen to this. Perhaps only the third servant continues to regard the money as his master's. And if this is true, then the whole parable could be understood in terms of grace and the response to it, rather than simply stewardship of property that remains another's. So I just want you guys to know, I just sat on that. You know, anytime the word grace shows up, I'm going to sit on that, you know. Um, but what's going, what are they trying to say here? And this is what I heard. Um, Psalm 24 starts, the earth is the Lord's and all that fills it. So everything's the Lord's, right? And I think we understand that. Um, everything's the Lord. Um, we're the Lord's, right? We, we are the Lord's possession. And all that is the Lord's is ours, right? All that is the Lord's is ours. And all that is ours is the Lord's. And all that is the Lord's is ours to steward. And all that is ours is to steward for the Lord and for one another, right? Did you see where I'm going here? We are the Lord's possession. And all that is the Lord is ours. And I know that's not any profound statement, but it's true. Right in the midst of the letter to the Romans, we hear those foundational words. The Spirit bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. What does that mean? All that is Christ is ours. We're heirs. All that is the Lord's is ours. All that is ours is the Lord's. Um, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. Provided we do the hard work um, of recognizing that. Um, to be an heir, I believe, and this is what I heard from me this week, to be an heir is an invitation to enter more fully into the Lord's joy. That's what he said to the first two. Well done, faithful servant. Enter into the joy. And we know, we've heard it said here a number of times, joy is not happiness. Joy is deep abiding faith, hope, and love in the midst of suffering, in the midst of good things and bad things. Um, so much time was lost in my early life um, trying to earn and work and not understanding that God's desire for me was to just enter in more fully and steward everything he has to the best of my ability. And when I fail, reorient me. So back to the parable. When I read that, what happened for me is my heart broke for this third servant that didn't understand that he was the Lord's and that everything he had was the Lord's 
And out of fear, he buried that which he had been given. Does our heart, do our hearts break for those who life is represented by that third servant? The one who does not grasp that they too are invited into a a deeper relationship with the master, a relationship of, of grace, a relationship of not fear, a relationship of taking the risk to enter into a relationship and, and give it all. Um, do our hearts break for the ones who just hold so tightly to their lives, the things that they have that they never experience the joy that the Lord has given? Or many other reasons the one whose lives have just been traumatized by brokenness. And I mean, I'm, I don't like to point out Eddie, you and Laura, but that little boy, Sam, his life was not steward well. And he was given an opportunity to be cared for and stewarded. Um, and there are lots of folks like that. Do our hearts break for, for those? Those whose Oppressive environments. We pray for the persecuted church throughout the world this whole month. Our hearts breaking for those who never believe that things will be okay. You know? Um, or many other reasons to not trust the Lord. We are called into a relationship of mutual care for all that was created. To join into this beautiful work of stewarding, caring for all that is his, which we can acknowledge is ours as well, right? It's ours as well. Not in a sense of ownership, but a partnership of fellow heirs together in this journey. You know, reading from First Thessalonians, and once I started kind of going down that, I said, wow, look at what it says here. It says, now concerning the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you. We know this, don't we? He goes on and says, um, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Are y'all not aware of that? We are. I mean, the Lord can come, life can end. We are aware of that. Um, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come. We know that. So then let us not sleep, it says as others do. Then up here it says, put on the breastplate of faith, love, and a helmet of hope for salvation. For God has not destined us to, for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, and I don't know why the lectionary didn't put this verse, um, therefore encourage one another. And build one another up just as you were doing. Are we stewarding this beautiful word God has given us in our own life and in the lives of others? Are we holding people in condemnation rather than no condemnation? I mean, I could just start rattling off the scriptures that have kept me moving in the right direction. How are we stewarding the gospel in our life? How are you doing it? Are you just living in fear just to dive in? Um, how are you in stewarding relationships in your life? And we could spend the rest of the day talking about parenting, could we not? That's what kind of brought me up about Sam. The community had to step in for this little boy because he was not being stewarded right. Um, 
how we do in friendships, how we stewarding spouses and coworkers, and how are we going to steward one another in a, in a year from now, right before election? Or is it two years? But it's going to come like a thief, like a thief in the night. And how are we going to steward each other's lives in our differences? Are we going to steward each other with the hope of the gospel? I mean, there's so much I can say after the eight o'clock service had a lot of conversation with things I didn't say. That is a good message. When you can give a message and people start talking and dialoguing. So how are you stewarding your life? You know, in fear or in joy? A couple of things uh, um, in our staff meeting, you know, we have we have this ministry we started called Stephen Ministry. And I think it's important, and it kind of applies here. Stephen ministry is, for a, is a way for us to steward one another. And it's not the only way. You know, your priests called to pastoral ministry are still going to be there if you're in the hospital. If there's a crisis, we're going to be there. And that's not above and beyond. I mean, it is above and beyond what Stephen ministry does. Stephen ministry is stewarding our lives together. It's caring for one another. Um, look in your bulletin if you want. Let me just read you the verse from Galatians. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Is that not stewardship? Bearing with one another? Um, caring for one another. And then one other thing I just want to throw out. Um, we're going to be doing another Alpha. For those of you who don't know what Alpha is, it's a short course, 10-week course in Christianity. It is designed to enable space for people who, for whatever reason, either have never heard the gospel, who have heard it or are dissatisfied with it or confused by it, have been broken by it, to gather in a safe place and hear about the good news of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Are our hearts broken for those who stand outside a community of faith like this? Um, so um, Alpha is another way we're going to steward this beautiful gift so um, that's really about all I have to say. Um, I believe that had that third, third servant said, Master, I am so afraid in my life. Let me tell you what it was like before I started working with you, before I was, how did he become a servant? Maybe he was an indentured slave that said bond servant. But let me tell you about my life. And I think the master would say, okay, let's, let's try this again, right? So steward your stories, guys. Steward your stories with one another. Um, share life together. You know, I'm going to say this. Let's do life together. Um, and let's enter the joy of our master. Amen.